You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Mitch here from Geek Elite Media, and I want to talk to you about Cuts by Candice, an experienced hairstylist that is willing to work with you to get the right look for you. When it comes to important events in my life and I need to look good, I trust my hair with Candice. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of May 2019 and you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook and Cuts by Candice 3 on Instagram and start looking the best you, you can. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. We are talking about comic books because it's new comic book Wednesday. Yep. Best day of the week. You can't get any better than that because you're getting closer to Friday. But to help ease the pain of the work week, get yourself some fresh issues back, new, current, this, that, or the other. Whichever Digital, way you can find real. Them. Get them so you can hold them in your hands because it feels way better. But yeah, I know I'm excited. There's a lot of stuff out this week, some new stuff and some continuations of things. So I can't wait. And I'm actually, today's challenge, I think, I think put both of us on the run. It so did. It was a good one. It was an interesting challenge. That's right. This week is a challenge week. Um, we saw in-game two weeks ago, two, three, no, two weeks ago now. Uh, last week, we talked about Thanos, a little bit of 101. If you haven't seen in-game yet, then... Who are you? <laughs> one, one, I don't know what rock you've been living under because it's made... <laughs> Two bil- over $2 billion. Yeah, $2.1 by my last calculation. Yeah, yeah. My personal calculation. <laughs> right, you got in there, saw the numbers, 2.13. That's what's been reported to me. <laughs> uh, but globally, yeah, it's, it's broken the $2 billion mark. Um, Sank the tank, Tanny. I'm sure that we're going to get... I wonder, I wonder if domestically, and we're here in the States, um, if it's going to break $1.5 billion. If it's going to break one. One, it's got to be close to one billion already in the states. Yeah, alone. I think one point five is a good marker to hold it to, and I think it can. I have, I have high hopes. It's gonna be, it's gonna be crazy. So I'm taking out personal loans. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you haven't seen it yet, we are going to spoil one part of in game by the end of this. So I would suggest you go and uh, come back in three hours. <laughs> yeah, go watch it. Come back three hours later and, and listen to us. Uh, so we're gonna talk about the. I mean, we're we're going to talk about the creation of Falcon. Yes, we're going to talk about uh, Sam Wilson, one of the uh, well, basically the first African American superhero, um, and one of the first, well, actually the first African American superhero to not be called Black Something. You know, oh, so, so yeah, so that's that's a huge. I was going to say because I know that that title kind of floats around, and I need to do better research. But I know I know Black Lightning's in there, um, Luke Cage is in there, so Falcon. I mean, is he the first African-American? Okay, so the way they, they, they get to say this then, okay, so let's see how this goes. So he does appear in 1969. Uh, actually, I think that, that predates John Stewart, but I don't remember off the top of my head. But anyways, he is considered the first African-American superhero in mainstream comic books, mm. as well as the first black superhero to not have the word black as part of his superhero name. Got it. So, I, I mean... Because he wasn't the Black Falcon. He was just Falcon. Yeah, you know, but even then, like with John Stewart, because technically he was the Green Lantern. I know people would refer to him as, oh, he's the black Green Lantern. Mm. Um, 
But I think 1969, and again, with a mainstream comic book, I, I hope Green Lantern's always been considered a mainstream <laughs> comic book. I mean, I know there were some rough patches there. Uh, but yeah, but no. So yeah, no, but definitely, I mean, what a great character. Um, a lot of foils to him, a lot of hope to him, a lot of perseverance, a lot of things to overcome. You know, Sam's been a great hero. Um, he went from being like a side character in the Captain America comics to eventually being a full-fledged Avenger and being worthy of being on the team and providing a lot to them. Uh, his on-screen presence has been fantastic, too, in the movies. I think they've done a great job. Uh, Howard Mackey, correct? Yeah, uh, no, uh, Anthony. Anthony Mackey, yeah, yeah. there. Howard Mackey's a comic book writer slash right. artist. <laughs> Anthony Mackey uh, does a fantastic job. You know, uh, cut the check. Cut the check is know? his thing. Yeah. If you if you watch the deleted scenes from any of the movies that he's been in for the MCU, cut the check. As soon as he he finishes the scene, it's cut the check because he's he he feels that he's done that good in the scene that he they need to just cut his check right there. Yep. He's made his paycheck for making that movie. Yeah. So uh, one one thing I do want to share though, because I had a, 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 I don't know if it's a common misconception or not, but I I took it this way. So with with Sam Wilson the Falcon appearing in Captain America comics, especially around that time, I took it for granted that it was Stan Lee and Jack Kirby mm-hmm. who created him. When in actuality, it was Gene the Dean Colon was the artist who co-created the Falcon with Stan Lee. Uh, not a lot of a lot of people, when they look at comic books, they forget some artists, and I believe Gene the Dean Colon is one of those ones who gets forgotten. Uh, do yourself a favor. Go look at some back issues of Daredevil. Um, if you want to get into some crazy stuff, check out Howard the Duck. And then with the announcement of Ghost Rider and Hellstrom, oh, and Hellstrom uh, go back and read some Tomb of Dracula. That's going to give you some horror stories and stuff like Tomb that. Tomb of Dracula. Wow. And yeah. then, I mean, you got also Morbius co- comes comes into play with Tomb of Dracula, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. So you so, got that movie going to be coming out. Yeah. Soon. So you got some stuff there. And then he also had a hint in the uh, creation of Carol. Dan- Actually, no, he is credited as the co-creator of Carol Danvers. Wow. So, you know, the future Miss Marvel, future Captain Marvel. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff there. All right. Uh, first, we're going to talk about the spinner rack, though, before we get to uh, Sam Wilson Falcon. Yeah. So in order to talk about the past, we must talk about the present. Mm-hmm. So if you go to your local comic shop today, here's what you can expect out of DC Comics. We will get the brand new Batman and the Outsiders issue one. That's right. A brand new team. Uh, more mainstream action spinning out of DC com or sorry, not spinning out of detective comics. Um, so now this team consists of Black Lightning, Katana, uh, Metamorpho. Uh, yes, and the Signal. I think he's the new the addition. Signal? Okay. No, actually, I apologize. I, I could be wrong. Let's see here. Okay. The official solicit. When the quest for justice drives Batman into some morally ambiguous eras, he calls in the most moral man he knows, Jefferson Pierce, a.k.a. Black Lightning, and his team of operatives known as the Outsiders. Several years ago, Batman personally put the Barrera family into hiding after they suffered through terrible experiments at the hands of the organization called the Ark. Now all but one of them has turned up dead, and Batman needs to locate Sofia Barrera before the wrong people get their hands on her and her surprising power. But it wouldn't be Batman without a hidden agenda, would it? And when Black Lightning, Katana, The Signal, and Orphan find out what Batman is really up to, they're every loyalty will be called into question. So yeah. So yeah, uh, Signal and Orphan, this is their first time making so, it to the uh Outsiders. I mean, this yeah, this does come right out of uh, out of direct co- detective comics because he had Jefferson in there trying to teach 
uh, Orphan and uh, Signal and stuff like that, like how to be better heroes, I believe. Yes, and Brian Hill was the uh, writer of those, so mm. this is his continuation. Okay. This should have launched a while back. I remember. This got uh, pushed back, didn't it? Yes, so uh, out of curiosity, I couldn't tell you, so I'd be curious. To I wonder what... So does that mean they're dropping Metamorpho and Geoforce and like some I'm, of those other characters from The Outsiders? I'm thinking with this being a five-person team, and especially with a lot of this Batman who laughs, there is a lot of Batman saturation. I could almost see them pulling him out of the team, but considering it is officially titled Batman and the Outsiders, but I think eventually we'll probably build up. They'll kind of they'll weave in some of the newer blood and then probably bring in some more. Mm, so because okay. yeah, usually the Outsiders are a big team, seven to eight. So yeah, that's like three more spots they can. Yeah, I know fill. usually they have. Um, uh, uh, um, I don't know. I had I had something in my mind <laughs> and it just fleeted away. So that's okay. Uh, well then that tells us to keep moving along so uh, this week we will also get Batman Who Laughs issue 5 of 6 wait (laughs) 5 of 7 that's right because this miniseries is going to have some ramifications Um, we are going to see some uh, madness infected evil infected uh, heroes and supporting characters of the DC universe that will be spinning out of this and into the brand new Batman Superman book I don't want to sound like a jerk. I I guess it's just metal just didn't grip me. But the one thing that I am excited about this thing still falling out (laughs) because we've had a lot of fallout from this thing. Uh, David Marquez is an amazing artist and this is going to be his brand new DC work. Mm -hmm. Um, I would steer you to his run on Defenders with Brian Michael Bendis and basically like this would be the uh, Netflix Defenders book. Wow. That book was awesome. I 12 or 13 issues, so it's two trades. It's fantastic. Get it. It's hmm. great stuff. Read it, too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Catwoman hits issue 11. Crisis on Infinite Earths Companion Deluxe Edition Volume 2 Hardcover. So if you've always been a big fan of Crisis on Infinite Earth, and we finally have been treated to the 12-issue maxi series being collected, now they are putting out these omnibus editions. Actually, maybe I should bite my tongue. I don't know if these are considered omnibus editions, but these are definitely going to be collecting a lot of stuff. So this is going to collect some of the uh, tie-in issues. So we're finally going to get Detective Comics 558, DC Comics Presents 86, Swamp Thing 44, Losers Special Number 1, Legends of the DC Universe, Crisis on Infinite Earth Number 1, Infinity Inc. 18 through 25, Justice League of America 244, 245, Infinity Inc. Annual 1, and New Teen Titans 13 through 14. Collected because they were essential tie-ins to the big special. Uh, this holds a hefty price of $75, so I... I tell you to shop carefully. I want you to get the best deal for yourself. Uh, Detective Comics issue 1001 will be getting a second printing because the Arkham Knight story is definitely drawing a lot of interest. So people are coming back to the book. Issue 1003 will also be released as well. So you'll have parts one and three. Um, Doomsday Clock issue eight gets a second printing as well. So you got to do something while you're waiting for that clock to tick. Flash will be hitting to issue 70. And I don't think it's. Oh, no, actually. Yeah. We uh, start Flash Year One. So we're going to get a... And honestly, this is like the first time we've gotten an origin of Barry Allen. Uh, because most of the time, whenever they did like a Flash origin, Flash Year One, it was Wally. Hmm. So this is the first time because, I mean, most of Barry's life he spent dead. So right. that was a big part of it. But yeah, outside of the life story of the Flash as told by... Iris. Oh, Iris. Yeah, that's the only thing we've seen ever insight to. Um I, I, it's kind of funny because I love origin stories. I do, and I'm not getting this one. Hmm. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I just, I don't You're know. You're also a Big Barry fan. I am, but you know, I got to say, 
You don't like the new Barry? I don't. Like... Like the old bow tie wearing comic nerd. book fan, yeah. yeah I, I like I miss that Barry Allen, and like I guess it's just everything that's happened to the Flash. It's I mean I've never hated Wally. It's never been like oh you know like it was like a Kyle Howe thing. No no no, it it was a great passing on. But now it's just this taking over. So yeah, I just I haven't really gotten into the new Barry. So the I don't one know. thing that I mean I, I can't sit here and say that I've ever been a huge Barry fan. Not that I hate him. I just right, right. don't didn't know him. Like Wally was my Flash when I started reading comics. Um, the thing that you know, and then I, I I say this is because of the comic or the TV show, which you can take it or leave it, whichever way you feel about it. <laughs> they've made Barry. I feel like they've taken away his intelligence because he's another one of these that yeah. needs a team of people to help him solve crimes, beat the bad guy kind of thing. And like, I get, I get, we want to have family and stuff, which is great. Wally should or Barry should have a family. He should have that Flash. I, the issues of, of Flash that I've read, where you know you you he's talking to all the other Flashes and, and we all come together like right before Flashpoint when you have Wally's kids and Max Mercury and you know J, uh, Jay and or not Jay but um John John and um John Fox and well, and, well not John Fox but John uh, Quick Johnny Quick and oh, yeah, Jesse, Jesse Quick, Quick and like yeah. all those guys together that like th- that was great. I love that but. To take away the fact that Barry is a scientist, he knows things. He he can get things done on his own. Uh, just really hurts me. Like yeah. I hate I hate that when they do that to anyone. Like they they've done it to the to Green Arrow. Like he needs a whole team behind him to to uh, to solve the solve the crime, fight the bad guy. They you don't do it too much in the well. They still do it in the comic book. So I don't know. It's 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 the TV show. I get it. The TV yeah, shows no, have, exactly. have done that to them. It's the fallout from that. Which just it's kind of funny because it's like. I guess like, and the same thing happened to Spider Man. You know, Spider Man needs the the man in the chair. Thanks to Ned in Homecoming, he's like, "Fuck you!" No, he doesn't. Well, he can't do anything out with Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I got you on a tangent. Sorry. No, no, it's it, but it's 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 funny because it's like it. You know, they they do they take away those parts of the character that make them tick because Barry was so smart. He not only did he create. Well, I mean, he created the the fabric of the Flash costume, so something that was able to survive supersonic speed and compress into his ring and all that stuff. And the mythology of the character was so fantastic. And it's like, oh yeah, we're getting rid of all that stuff. We're taking it away. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just my tangentedness of it. But I definitely want to take a look at it and see what's going to happen. So I don't know. I I'll, I'll probably trade weight it, which doesn't help. But you know. They haven't inspired me so much. Uh, but anyways, moving along, Hawkman gets to his 12th issue. So we've had a successful year of Hawkman, which is pretty wild to say. Uh, this will continue on his exploration of Hawkman throughout the uh, the multiverse. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, Hawks through time. Uh, Justice League Odyssey number nine will continue on. So we get to see our space team and more of the ramifications of Cyborg Starfire and Azrael being kind of like space gods. So that's kind of fun to see there. Um, Justice League Volume 2, Graveyard of the Gods, trade paperback. So Justice League, the main proper book, has actually been huge. A lot of great stuff coming out of there from Scott Snyder. So if you've missed out, definitely go pick up the trades. Naomi, Issue 4, is getting a second printing. This is the book that comes out of Brian Michael Bendis's um, Wonder imprint. And so Naomi is the girl who knows stuff. Mm-hmm. which sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so she's definitely blowing up a lot of good stuff coming out of there. Uh, Pearl is collected in its own trade paperback. So this again, once is Brian Michael Bendis, this is more of his, um, 
Oh gosh, like they don't really have an imprint line, but this isn't his like this is his like thriller mystery stuff as opposed to the Age of Wonder books and things like that. So issues one through six have been collected in a trade. So if you want to get a different type of story, there you go. Red Hood Outlaw issue thirty four will be out. Shazam issue five, which will continue on the new uh lifestyle of the flash post 52 and rebirth so so if you loved the movie this is definitely the book for you i uh i finally picked up my issue one two and three oh yeah of shazam and read them yeah well i think it maybe just one and two i do have three but i haven't read it yet but um was it brett ingleson is ingle dale, dale, dale. Eagleham. sorry dale eagles ham eagles ham sorry yes <laughs> brett eagles is uh, another guy that i know on twitter <laughs> So you're listening to this, Brett. There you go. But Dale Eaglesham, uh, he's just the cover artist. The art inside is someone else. And it was very shocking. Say what? I believe no. so. Yeah. You're drinking. Because I, I, I am drinking. but uh, <laughs> No, I could have sworn. Like, I know they've split some stuff. Maybe maybe it was just yeah. an issue two. Yeah, but, I think so. Because yeah, yeah. issue two, I was looking at it, and I was like, nope. This says cover artist was, was Dale, and, and someone else was in the inside. And I was like, oh, I, I do not like this inside art. Like, I, I was already on the, the fence about Dale because I, I told you. I, we told, yeah, that I, blew we, we my mind because I remember him from. Actually, it's funny. Speaking of him, because I'm doing a, a reread of some stuff mm-hmm. and his JSA run. I He was on that. And, you know, it's like I, I enjoyed that. And I, mean, I, mean, I know you mean no disrespect. It's some, some artists capture us and some artists don't. And I was really surprised because. I, I, I enjoy his art, but I know it's definitely not like because it does. Now that you've kind of pointed that out to me, it does seem a little cartoonish, yeah. almost exaggerated. But yeah, so then the, the art on the inside was different. I was like, what's going on? And I, I, I like that even less than, than I like Dale, though. I Don't get me wrong. I like the, the, the one that uh, like in JSA when when he was doing that, like I, I enjoyed yeah. that that look. But for some reason, as Shazam, it just it kind of turned me off. Um, I, I'm hoping that it, I I my brain changes as it goes as we go along but all right that's all i wanted to say do no, an artist on the inside yeah so it's kind of interesting I, I i dig it though i think he's a good fit for that because with billy like okay because we've seen just because the way cc beck was as an artist so obviously the Ill, the image of captain marvel got left in the 40s and so i think he's always kind of stuck out that way hence the whole holy moly you know, <laughs> that type of speak but I, if if you were a citizen of the DC universe, okay, do you think Captain? Well, I guess we can't say that. Does Shazam? I don't know if we can say that. Yeah, he can't say that. <laughs> Who can. can say these words? But Billy, when he becomes a superhero, should he look exaggerated? What do you think? I mean, like, yes, obviously the exaggerated physique. But I'm even saying outside of that, should he look a little bit different? Like, if he's standing next to Superman, Superman's this chiseled god, and then would Billy just kind of look a little, a little bit more exaggerated? What are your thoughts? Um. The way I see it is that Billy, like the in the way that you and other people explain it to me, is uh, you know the first time he changes is his idea of what a superhero is. Like the the, the his first look as uh, Captain Marvel at the time would have been a a mixture of the most powerful man he could think of, his father, and a superhero, right? Mm -hmm. So it should be over-exaggerated at some points. But as he grew older and then met other actual superheroes in the in the verse in the DC universe, um, I feel like it should shape differently every time he changes. Like there's going to be the residual huh. of his memory of what you know what he believes Shazam should look like or Captain Marvel should look like, but it should shape differently because each time he changes, I feel like should be a different time. 
if that makes any sense. No, that's pretty wild. I never, I've never looked at it that way. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a cool. And I, I, to me, that that'd be a, a wild thing to add to the mythos. You know? Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, and even then, that would make sense because as Billy grows, you know, shouldn't your imagination form, should grow? Yeah, your yeah, your taste should change. Things. Yeah, so that'd be wild. That'd be some cool stuff to see happen in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so moving along, here's an interesting one. So. It's called Six Days, Incredible True Stories of D-Day's Lost Chapter. It's a hardcover. Uh, this is an original graphic novel by Robert Vendetti, Andrea Moody, and Kevin Marner. Um, June 1944, World War II D-Day, 182 members of the U.S. 82nd Airborne Division parachute into the French countryside a full 18 miles southeast of their intended target. This original graphic novel from DC Vertigo is the true story of an obscure World War II battle that took place in the small village of, I'm going to say this wrong, Granis, France, for six days and the men who survived to, and the men who survived to tell the tale. I love stuff like this. I think these are neat when they take historic stuff. And I mean, the hope is they obviously stay as historically accurate as it can. But it's just neat because, you know, you can always read um and sometimes it just doesn't pop out to you you can watch movies but sometimes it just you know it doesn't get to stay with you as much so i always appreciate when they do graphic novel history uh so definitely if you want to get a little bit more insight into world war ii like actual stuff like there's probably well there's no capes in this this is not a superhero story this is just a true story so that i would definitely put that on your radar as well uh, Wonder Twins issue 4 of 6 will be out and Wonder Woman hits issue 70 as we get very close to that 75th issue and then if we go to the other side of the fence from the marvelous competition um, you have Age of X-Men Apocalypse and the Extracts part 3 of 5 so that'll continue the uh, alternate reality that the X-Team is trapped in um, this is a neat one but it's very pricey but I would recommend it Amazing Spider-Man by J. Michael Straczynski Omnibus Volume 1 hardcover I know I had collected Spider-Man on and off um, you know it definitely before this run it was more based off what I could afford and back then as a kid practically nothing as I got a little bit older and started putting my money smarter in choices, um, I, I did. I, I was lucky enough to get there on issue one of JMS's run, and I was on it for the whole entirety of it. I know this run definitely speaks to yes, you. Yes, yeah. Uh, and our friend Rafa wrote an, uh, a nice op-ed of talking about JMS's run as well. A lot of great stuff. Uh, this is right before Dance Lot? Oh, huge, big time before okay. Dance Lot. This was, I mean, this starts like late two thousand. Okay. And what, like, this leads all the way up to one more day? No. One last day. One more day. You're right. One more day. Because the brand new day is this. Yeah, there you go. One more. Yeah, one more day. That leads all the way up to that infamous story. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, so yeah, definitely that's where it'll all come to an end. So yeah, wild stuff. I highly recommend it. I know the back issues are very pricey. There's trade paperbacks. There's uh, collected hard or trade paperbacks as well that are very more focused. But somehow, someway, I highly recommend you get this series on your shelves. Avengers No Road Home issue 8 gets a second printing. Captain America hits its 10th issue of this new run. I have been enjoying it. I cannot tell you enough about this series. It's been fantastic. Teneste Coates is doing some great stuff. So this will be the continuation of the second story, Captain of Nothing. Captain Marvel hits issue 5. Um decades marvel in the 80s awesome evolutions so marvel comics is celebrating its 80th anniversary and i love this trade because it takes a cover from i think it was called 
Marvel Comics Presents or or something, but basically it was a it was a comic book that was a fanzine. It was like Wizard before Wizard was out right. there. And so anyways, I love this issue because on the cover they have their famous superheroes and they're all different. So you have at the at the forefront of it, you have the captain, aka Steve Rogers before that costume went on to US Agent. You have Eric Masterson's Thor, so the full Asgardian Thor with the mask, the chainmail, and full coverage armor. The Gray Hulk is back, but this time he's going to be a little bit more, uh, I think he was Joe Fix-It. We get the Silver Centurion armor, so now we have the combination of silver and red. And then lastly, we see the symbiote Spider-Man, Spider-Man in the black suit. So how crazy is this? Top five of their big top-tier characters, all new costumes, man. Mm. So we complain about that nowadays, but no, you could have complained about it back in the 80s as well. <laughs> Uh, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man issue six will be out. Uh, This continues Tom Taylor's incredible story about what's going on with Aunt May. Invaders issue five. It's crazy how much Tom Taylor is in both uh, companies right now, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. No, he does. He's doing doing Deceased. Deceased. Uh, He's doing Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. No, he, uh, he gets great work. And I definitely, like, I know DC doesn't use him enough. Mm -hmm. Because they did him for Injustice. Yeah, they had him for Injustice. um, And then he's kind of popped up like, oh, hey, we're doing a Batman Secret Files. Okay, I'll I'll contribute a story, you know, things like that. So they haven't really used him a lot, a lot. And I think they need to. I have to to assume that both companies at one point in time have, have offered him an exclusive contract. Um, but he's just decided, no, I don't want to do that. Well, he, on his personal note, he's created, oh gosh, he has like a, cause he also, he also created X-Men Red. Oh well, yeah. He, 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 he came up with that book. He wrote that book. Um, no, but he has his own thing going on. Like, um, this, like it's like an under, like, I, I don't want to sell it short and I will, which I apologize for. Let me see if I can pull up his Twitter, but basically he, he's working on the animation front, uh, cause he's got his own, um, Oh gosh, like he's got his own creator own stuff. There we go. It's called The Deep. Um and actually I guess it's going to be coming to Netflix. Uh and so basically it's it's from the the animation picture there, they're a group of, you know, younger folks in swim gear and whatnot. So it looks like they're definitely going to be, you know, very water-based and stuff like that. And so like he's he's been working on that for the longest time. He created it. He's been making it happen. Um and it, it, I guess it did pick up in terms of animation because it's done great in the graphic novel series. Um, and so, yeah, now it'll be actually coming to Netflix. So I imagine that's probably why he's not signing anything because it's like, hey, I need to really focus on me. That way he's not, you know, this or that. Or, you know, again, it's it may be nice. Like, luckily, Bendis has been the only one to say, like, his powers book. You know, like, hey, can I make this an image publication, mm-hmm. also a Marvel publication, also a DC publication? <laughs> you know, so, I mean, that's great for him. But I imagine, I don't know what happens in terms of the trade collections. So I imagine he's probably like, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna play this one a little bit close to the vest, which is probably smart for him in the long run. Uh, but to rant and rave more about him, he is an Australian. He's a very friendly fellow. And he will actually be coming to America. May 16th to the 19th to Megacon over in Orlando. So if you have a chance to see him, go see him because he does not come this way often. That's why it is a rare appearance. But, yeah, dude does some great stuff. I think um, DC needs to use more of him. And Marvel, they put him on stuff, which is great, but it's like stuff that's ending. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't know if you remember when Iron Man was – 
Oh God! When they did that Axis comic, when they inverted people, yeah. so Iron Man went back to being selfish, and he had that silver costume. I forget what they called that, but he was writing that book, and then it came to an end because they're like, "Oh, we don't want to have an inverted Iron Man." <laughs> uh, then when X twenty three finally got the big nod to be Wolverine, cool, he's writing Wolverine. Ah, we're gonna bring Wolverine back. Okay, <laughs> X Men Red. All right, cool. Jean Grey led teen. Ah, we're gonna go back to Uncanny. You know, so uh, that's where Marvel puts him. But yeah, luckily, friendly neighborhood Spider Man. Dare I say it out? loud i think like it's, it's reading uh, yeah i think it's reading better than amazing spider-man no offense to uh yeah this past weekend Nick spencer but yeah at the library uh, yuma county library con you know i had a great conversation with a uh a, a gentleman that's reading spider-man books and uh, i told him you know friendly neighborhood is the only spider-man book that i'm not really reading that's peter parker and he's like oh no man you gotta you gotta jump on that one it's so great and he, <laughs> he couldn't give enough uh, he couldn't um, ran rave enough. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Ran yeah. rave enough about it. Uh, and Tom Taylor, yeah, Tom Taylor's great. So yeah, so do yourself a favor, pick up the book. I'm not picking up either because I should. There's so many fucking books, dude. Well, and that's the thing. That's where I get mad because I kept my loyalty to the main book, mm-hmm. and I'm just pissed that I'm on the main book. No offense to Nick Spencer, it's just not catching me. And then Hunted, I was like, oh, cool. This will be a fun little six issue mini or six issue story. And now it's just been like, no, let's do, you know, these uh, these 16.hu issues and bullshit. And it's like, man, like once 25 comes, I'm dumping that. Mm-hmm. And luckily I bought issue one of Friendly Neighborhood. And I guess I should probably see real quick before it gets too late if I could go and back issue shop issues two, three, four and whatnot. But yeah, I just I'm kind of bummed. But yeah, no, that sometimes there's just too much out there. And that's what's tough about great characters because, you know, they want to have more publications of them. And sometimes the side books read better than the big books. (laughs) This is a huge example. (laughs) Uh, But let's see. Also continuing on with uh, uh, Marvel's 80th anniversary, Marvel feature issue one will be getting a facsimile. I'm horrible at my words. Facsimile. Facsimile. Darn it. Facsimile. Facsimile edition. So it's basically a very fine reprint. It's going to be all authentic. All the ads and everything will be the same. So this was written by Roy Thomas with art by Ross Andrew, Neil Adams, and Bill Everett himself. So this is going to be huge. Why? Because Doctor Strange, he's facing a huge threat. So he calls on some of his allies, like Namor and the Incredible Hulk. And what happens? It sounds like a certain team that I know about. Yeah, the Defenders are formed. <laughs> so if you want an authentic first appearance of the, the Defenders. One? Well, back then it was only the three. I then eventually they brought, well, there was, like, from what we know, like the, the uh, classic iconic look, which would have been Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer, that's but, right. But yeah, back then, no, he was still in space being phil- 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 philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Marvel Masterworks continues their hardcover collections of classic comics, and this one has the Savage Sea Hulk Volume 2. Marvel's Annotated Issue 3 will be out of Part 4, so Marvel's has been back in full force celebrating a great anniversary. Marvel's was luckily one of those stories that was out after I or it came out before I got into comics, but luckily I was able to pick up the back issues and I loved it. Uh, Alex Ross art, Kurt Busek words, fantastic stuff. So if you have yet to experience the magic of Marvels, I recommend this because it also comes with it's basically like like the, the Blu-ray extra features with mm. commentary. So yeah, really great stuff there. Spider Gwen, Ghost Spider Volume One, Spider Geddon trade paperback. So basically with Spider Girls Spider-Gwen's newest series on the run. Uh, This collects the first six issues of that. Spider-Man and Deadpool did it. Everybody said it couldn't be done. Their love was just not enough for comic books, but it happened. They got married. Issue 50. 
is out there. Uh, so this is going to be big. We have a nice Frank Cho cover, and we have Death in its classic look, standing behind old Pete and Wade there. So who knows what's going to happen. Um, this is probably one that I, 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 I should have gotten, but I didn't, so I'm kind of bummed. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you the uh, solicit here. The biggest climax of the biggest Marvel event of all time. An epic 50th issue guaranteed to blow your socks off, so read with extra socks. Spider-Man and Deadpool fight the manipulator for the fate of the entire Marvel Universe. I hope they pull it off. I really like this universe. I'm so worried. (laughs) Um, They've been toying a lot with One More Day and One Moment in Time, the, the infamous story that we were just mentioning. So I'm curious, like, they pull it off. What else could they be trying to pull off as well? Will Peter get those un unrecovered memories will the marvel universe learn of the secret love of peter parker and mary jane and their marriage not so secret <laughs> yeah right. not so secret love that we want back but we're going to say it wasn't there you know so i'm going to take us on a tangent real quick i kind of find it funny with endgame spoilers so tony stark having a daughter mm-hmm. you know all right cool which we you talked know. about and there's no yeah, history there's no, there's no, there's the no, yeah there's nothing there uh but it's just interesting okay so tony stark's a father all right, cool. We, we can accept that. Superman's a father. Batman's a father. A lot of the superheroes are becoming dads. Mm-hmm. And you yet, just couldn't accept it as Spider-Man. You know, almost 20 years ago, no. You would say no to that stuff. Well, that was one man. That was well, one man. That yeah. we, and he was the biggest person being like, hey, we just don't like... He, was, he did the same thing in the X-Men at the exact same time. Oh, no, no, no. I'm going even before that because, okay, if we go back to Ben Riley, mm-hmm. okay? So I've, I've found this, and it's a real interesting read, and, and, it, and it's going to be tough to read because it's, it's from the early days of the internet. Um, Dark days. Yeah. So it's Grey Haven Magazine presents The Life of Riley. So I guess back like right after the end of the, the Spider Clone saga, so the late 90s, um, somebody documented all this stuff. And they actually sat down and talked with the writers and artists and editors and people involved that got fired and all kinds of stuff. Like it's crazy. And this is also around an era when Marvel had to declare bankruptcy. So the House of Ideas was not having a good one at that time. Um, so anyways, as I'm reading this stuff, it's pretty crazy because there were expectations that Spider-Man would be. Like a lot of people were like, no, we want, they just wanted Spider-Man to be that swinging kid. You know, like, yeah, yeah. But it's like, but that's not Peter Parker. Peter Parker is the guy who's going to like settle down and get married. Right. You know, he's going to have a family. So that's always made sense. But it's just, we have this wild idea of, no, Peter Parker's like me, and therefore, if I'm single, Peter should be single. It's like, no, don't project, man. Put on some deodorant and you know, just enjoy the comments. Right. Um, so anyways, like, uh, it's just crazy to see that. But you're right. When Joe Quesada finally made it to top dog of Marvel, him and Bill Jameis, I believe you pronounce it that way. Jameis? Jameis? But oh, Jaime, uh, Jimez? Jimez or something like that. Something yeah. Like, yeah, those two had some crazy ideas. And I mean, luckily they gave us Ultimate Comics, which was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, yeah, the X-Men. Hey, we're sick of everybody being a mutant. Let's reduce them. So bam, Grant Morrison just came in with the Sentinels and bam, just destroyed it all. Um, I, I'm guessing, yeah, they, they, they did a good job with the Avengers. Like, hey, let's put Bendis on that book. And Bendis, like when he first came in, he broke all the toys, <laughs> you know, but he definitely put it all back to normal when he left. Um, but yeah, Spider-Man shouldn't be married. Let's get rid of this whole Mary Jane stuff and all that. And it was crazy. And I mean, they just came in with full force. But I find it funny because now we're here and it's okay. But even then, like not too far away, like go back to Superman Returns. 
Superman had a kid. People didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, the way it happened was eerie. I mean, it's like, all right, he knocks up Lois Lane, oh, leaves off. Earth, yeah. which is okay. It, it happens, you know. Sometimes I leave Earth after impregnating women, you know. I mean, uh, I think they were trying to say you know. that he didn't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, just, he didn't know. But no, but, but I mean, like the whole stalker part, that was the part that got creepy. Mm-hmm. But it's just so funny because I know a lot of people didn't like that idea. Like, oh, Superman having kids. No, that's dumb. Blah, 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 blah. But it's kind of funny because now it's like, but Tony's having kids and we're, we're okay with it. But things have changed, you know. And obviously, the fan base has gotten older. I mean, we were early 20s when we were doing that. Now we're like nearing 40s and. And, and you know it's like I wish I had kids, <laughs> but yeah. So I just find it funny. So children. Hey, let me <laughs> let me ask you this uh, in a in a mini imagine if challenge uh, thrown at you on the spot on the spot. Say uh, back when the jackal created Ben Riley um, back in the day the 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 spider clones. Uh, say there's one unaccounted for spider clone Peter Parker clone um, that comes to surface today. Like, where would you say that, that that clone has been? Where has he been hanging out the whole time? Has he been using his powers or has he just been hiding low? Like, he's been, he sees it on the on the, the TV. He's like, oh, Spider-Man swings into action. He's like, that idiot. Like, I, I'm just going to be the teacher here in North Dakota and, and live my life kind of thing. Okay, so, like, if they told me that, like, hey, we want a fourth clone to just appear and whatnot, mm-hmm. I'd make him non-powered. Non-powered. So, yeah. so he's the one. So Jackal did a thing to he just, take the spider yeah, it just No, he just did a thing and it just didn't work. And it's oh. like, oh. And so he thought he, he got rid of it. And clearly these people are bad at getting rid of things. But yeah, I think that would be fun. Like he, you know, he knows his origins and whatnot. He's moved on from it. He's made a life. Because he's the Peter Parker who doesn't have to deal with the burden of with great power comes great responsibility. Now, yes, he's always going to be a responsible person just because he's going to remember the teachings of Aunt May and Uncle Ben. But yeah, maybe you're right. He is. He's just that teacher from North Dakota. And he's like, hey, man, like, this is how I live my life. You know, like I do car washes on the weekend for my, you know, my video game club and whatnot. And, yeah. you know, yeah, I married a woman. We're, we're raising children and life's fantastic you know and if anything to add more salt to the wound it should be one of the the failed mary j our gwen stacy clones wow so there he is living a normal life with gwen stacy and you know like people would just be like no we can't see a happy ending and so that's the easy way to write it away so what would you use how would you incorporate him into the story what what brings him back into peter parker's life Ooh, good question so why does he come around um you know, maybe, okay, well, we could tie it into Tom Taylor with the whole Aunt May having the cancer scare. You know, obviously that would make news. Now, of course, you're going to say, well, why? It's Aunt May. Who cares? No, Aunt May was part of the Ben Foundation. That's right. So with Peter Parker having recently been, you know, part of Parker Industries Pie, obviously her having cancer would be a newsworthy thing. And so he just happens to see it and he kind of gets the same. I know it's cheesy because it's why Ben came back into the fold. Mm. But I mean, if you know that you're, you're like your mother is going to pass and you have at least one last chance to see her, you do it. So yeah, that's, that's my driving force. All right. So there you go, Tom Taylor. There's your second arc after that. Uh, <laughs> the fourth clone that no one yeah, knew about. We could, we could steal because the two companies steal from each other. And you'll just call this for the spider who has everything. Oh, there you Ew. go. <laughs> All right. Cut All right. the check. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Moving along. Uh, Symbiote Spider-Man Part 205 will be out. This will continue the adventures of a... <coughs> Sorry. Excuse me. A black-suited Symbiote Spider-Man going up against Mysterio. Why is this happening? Why now? Why? 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 Because movies. That's <laughs> why. So, yeah. There you go. 
Thor by Jason Aaron, the complete collection volume one. Yes. Jason Aaron has been on Thor for a long time. Uh, he's been a mastermind behind a lot of the stuff that's going on in the Norse mythology, modern mythology. So with war, of the realms basically kind of looking like this will be the end song of Jason Aaron on Thor. If you want to go back to the beginning, now is the time in trade paper black form. And so it's time to save some money. And this is my favorite part. True believers, Marvel's greatest comics. So we're going to have the invaders issue one be reprinted. So that's exciting because DC comics luckily saved their silver age by bringing them forward with flash 123, creating earth one and earth two. So Marvel Comics basically had to say, hey, we used to publish heroes back then, so let's do this. So the Invaders, the first continuity, first uh, set of books was released, and we got to see the classic team of Captain America, Namor, and the Human Torch, the Android Man. So yeah, the, the, the four of them, te- sorry, the three of them teaming up as the first set of Invaders. Colleen Wing will be getting her own special book. So Iron Fist issue, sorry, Marvel premiere issue 19 will be reprinted. And if I remember correctly, this will be her first appearance. So why would they do that for Colleen Wing? So she must be a character to be watching out for right Mm. now. But unfortunately, we only have two this week. So that's a tough one. Uh, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl hits issue 44. Unstoppable Wasp hits issue seven, which is crazy. I I didn't realize that she had a nervous breakdown Uh, as I was reading the newest issue of our last week's issue of Champions. I was surprised to see what happened there so i i'm kind of a little bit curious to see what's going on uh and showed her kind of like definitely looking stressed out in front of a chalkboard that says fix everything so that's like wow that's some big stuff Hmm. War of the Realms issue one will be getting a second printing. War of the Realms Journey into Mystery issue two will be out. This takes uh, a, a smorgasbord of random heroes and puts them on a quest inside an RV to save a baby. That's right. I said that right. <laughs> War of the Realms New Agents of Atlas issue one will be out. Uh, this takes, I, I hope I say this with, with, with properness, but this takes a lot of the Asian superheroes of the Marvel Universe. So Shang-Chi... Shang-Chi. Chi. Oh, Chi. God, I <laughs> Shang-Chi, uh, Adam is chose, Hulk, Silk, and I think the rest might be new. I'm not too sure. Uh, but they're going to they're gonna team up and they're going to... Uh, there we go. Jimmy Woo is on that team as well. They're going to team up with these heroes and they're going to do their best to save the Earth realm. And then eventually, once this series is over, a lot of these characters will actually be getting um, some spinoff books. So if you're curious to see about this new initiative... Definitely, this is where it starts, so check it out. And then, of course, X-Force hits its seventh issue. Um, I am very surprised. Like, If you were a fan of Extermination by Ed Brisson and basically how they got the original X-Men to come back in time, mm-hmm. uh, this is a great book to be following because now we're dealing with Wi-Fi, as we've come to call him. <laughs> uh, Wi-Fi is now going to deal with his evil version, Strife. So now we have a younger Strife. So would that Stry-fi? be... Would that be... Like in using today's, like, would he be uh, S and M then? <laughs> Bounded or what is the bondage? There we go. Bondage yeah, BDSM. Yeah. Um, but anyways, but what's really cool about this cover? We see Rachel on it. And oh, if you wow. remember what happened in Extermination, yeah, she got lost. So yeah, so that's your spinner rack. Shop carefully. All right, um, that that's very interesting uh, spinner rack for this week. So we're gonna talk, like we said, we're gonna talk about in game. We're gonna talk about. This is the anniversary. What was the year anniversary for the creation of Sam Wilson Falcon in the Marvel comics? Let's see. He was 
made in 1969. Absolutely. He is, well, this September, he will be 50 years old. Right. That's wild. That's crazy how, like, people are like, man, you know, like, oh, look at all these new characters coming along this Falcon. <laughs> and now it's like, wow, Falcon's hitting 50. Yeah. That's crazy. That's nuts. So, um, the creation of Sam Wilson, uh, to me, I didn't know much about the character until he showed up in Ultimate Comics. They redid his character a little bit to make him a scientist soldier instead of just a soldier. And he was Dr. Sam Wilson who created these robotic wings kind of in the same vein as uh, Tony Stark creating a... uh, um, Exo suit, suit, Iron Man suit, kind of thing. He was part of Shield. He was an agent of Shield in in the Ultimate Universe, and um, uh, you know, went out on missions that needed the science officer and stuff. So he would be the the you know the combat scientist, I guess is the best way to put it. Combat combat medic, army engineer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, There you go, army engineer. Uh, So that was my first introduction. Then he became much bigger in the six one six universe. which was cool. It was cool to see. I didn't realize that when I was reading MC2, uh-huh. they had the two daughters that were the yeah. twins that were his. They were eventually revealed to be his grandkids. No, I think it was either his granddaughters or his daughters. Probably his daughters because like, I know they didn't go that far into it. But like that was his original colors was that green and brown color. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize that he, was, he, uh, he wasn't always red and white. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's funny. I was just like, "Amazing Spider Girl issue seven. So the Lady Hawk twins. The Lady Hawk twins. That's right. So, what did uh, I mean? How were you introduced to? So I I got lucky. Um, The way I discovered him was Avengers, and I think of him real predominantly in, and I can't say because okay, I think it went Kurt Busiek, and then it went into Jeff Johns, and then there was that um, Lady. Captain Britain arc, right? That uh, so mm-hmm. who's the who's the famous writer we don't talk about? Because everybody seems to just drop his trades. Uh, yeah, um, it is. God, because he did an, an X Men one, he did a Batman one, and even the Superman one. Yeah, uh, oh god, man, they did a good job brainwashing. Right, him. I can't. I don't know why. I, I, I like him guy. too. I think he's a, he's a great writer. I just can't think of his name. At the Anyways, well, you work on that. Uh, so yeah, I remember. Um, I want to say I, I'll give credit to. Um, Jeff Johns. So he used uh, Falcon as one of his big heroes. And I really loved the thing. I love the um, I love the fact that Henry Peter Gyrick, because he's always been a scumbag, always been a scumbag. And it was just wild because it was like, OK, you know, like he's he's going to be, you know, uh, he's going to be coming back to the Avengers and he's put on there as like government liaison and whatnot. And nobody trusts him. And Falcon, I think if I remember my history correctly, because there's always that famous cover where all the Avengers are sitting there and it's very like seventies, eighties and guy works like some of you are going to have to leave this team. And he basically for, um, PC correctness, uh, he kept Falcon on the team. So Falcon always kind of hated him because he's like, you didn't make me feel like I was a worthy Avenger. I was your token. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was cool because they actually resolved that, and they put um, they, they 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 put somebody in in place. Like I think it actually led up to the whole Del Rusk thing, which turned out to be mm, the Red Skull. Right, right. But I just I really loved him in that story in those stories. I mean, it was like wow, he just rose up to be a great character. He kind of went from being on the sidelines to being amped up. So that's where I really got to discover him, Chuck Austin. Chuck Austin. That's there the you name go. We were looking for. Uh, those so, are like magical words, like Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
now this is where he comes in with the spoiler for Endgame. So if you haven't watched Endgame yet, keep the you know don't don't listen to this part. But, Pause. <laughs> uh, yeah, at the as we see at the end of Endgame, we see old man Captain America, old man Steve, pass along a Captain America shield to Sam Wilson Falcon, and as we know in the comic book, Sam Wilson does eventually win when Captain America becomes old. Uh, yep. from getting the super soldier serum taken out of him or he rapidly ages, however it is, he uh, he becomes, he gives the, the mantle over to Falcon. Uh, you know, this is after he's returned from the dead and, and Bucky was already Captain America, so now it's it's Sam Wilson, Falcon, Captain America. Like, he combines the two. He keeps, he his, keeps Falcon his Falcon wings, yeah. but he, he takes on the shield and he kicks on the colors of red, white, and blue and becomes the new Captain America, which... And he takes on all the responsibilities because he also became the leader of the Avengers or right. chairperson. Yeah. You know, but yeah, he, he had all that responsibility. Everybody looking to him to make the call. And we saw a lot of that turmoil, a lot of that tear him apart or, you know, like work over him in during um, Secret Empire when he has to... He has to decide, you know, what does it mean to be Captain America when the Captain America that a lot, everybody looks at is this Hydra cap, you know? You know, what does that mean to be Captain America? What does it mean to be Sam Wilson? What does it mean to be Falcon? I mean, can he reconcile all these three different people into one? And, you know, at one point he's Captain America and he's like, nope, I can't do that anymore. I have to be, I can't be that. It, it's the name has been sullied. But then he's, he realizes, no, I made a name for myself as Captain America. People look to me as Captain yeah. America. That's a, it's, it's not something that Steve, owns by himself you it's know more than steve now. it's more than steve yeah. so uh he takes up that mantle again and uh i mean essentially right now we have two captain americas in the mc or the m mu in the comics and yeah. the 616 oh gosh is, two is, captain americas is falcon still captain america no no falcon is falcon okay uh, actually i think falcon is kind of in comic book limbo because i can't think of where he's at right now that's, Which that's is a bummer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I will say, like, it, it's funny because there's there's a lot of great discussion that comes from this because obviously, you know, who and a lot of people have had the shield for Captain America. And so, of course, everybody was expecting, and a lot of us were too, Bucky, you know, the Winter Soldier stepping up to be Captain America. And I still have hope. I don't think it's done because this is and this is all conjecture now, but I'm guessing that this is obviously going to lead into the, the Winter Disney Soldier Plus, Falcon show. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the show. And so I'm very excited to see what's going to happen there. We'll get some definite answers. But I will state that when... I mean, at the end of the movie, he takes the shield. That doesn't necessarily mean he wants to be Captain America either. Maybe it's just the idea of the two of them working together to... See who should be Captain America. Yeah. I don't know. I think that definitely those two characters have a, a a funnier relationship in the movies than they did in the comics, right? You know, because Falcon They're both vying for best friend to Captain yeah, America. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're his old best friend. I'm his new best friend. <laughs> it's like the you know? it's the summer camp friend, and then there's the <laughs> the school friend. Like, which oh well, I get to hang out with them all year round. Yeah, yeah, but I get to hang out with them in the summer. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to look at it. <laughs> so it's very exciting. So I mean. I will state that when Ed Bruderbaker came on and his run of Captain America, I want to say volume four, maybe, or six, I don't know. But anyways, when he took it over around 2005, um, it was definitely with the intent to bring Bucky back and, and rise him up. And, you know, Bucky did eventually become Captain America more out of reluctance, just basically like, hey, the legacy has to be continued on. So, I, you know, if I'm the man to do this, then I'll do it. Not necessarily because he was chosen. Um, and even then, when Captain America came back, you did have two caps because they did that special who will wield the shield. And more or less, Cap, so sorry, Steve let Bucky continue it on because it was like, 
Bucky's going to die otherwise. Like mm-hmm. he needs direction. So it's more like Bucky needed Captain America more than Captain America needed someone else. And so it was definitely interesting. Then obviously his past as the Winter Soldier came back, so that caused it to go back to Steve Rogers. Um, when Falcon took it over, yeah, Steve was done. You know, he was aged. He cannot do the things he could do. There needs to be a Captain America, and Sam is the man for the job. And again, you know, nobody else wanted the job. That's why it kind of fell on Bucky's shoulders. This job wanted Sam, you know, so Steve comes to him and he's like, hey, I think he would do this. And I will definitely say his creative team, um, they put him through a lot. They put Sam through a lot because that's why when you do see him in Secret Empire, he's bitter because his community is mad at him. Hey, you know, like we're, we're talking race relations here. Why aren't you representing us better? Why aren't you doing more? You know, you're Captain America. Do something. And it's tough because, you know, like feelings and thoughts are always tough things on any decision in any situation. So, yeah, I think the the creative did a great job of expressing that. And definitely when we see him come back to it, it was more exciting because this time he's way more confident and and better tasked for this route. So, yeah, so definitely with the, the MCU and Endgame, you know, we see we see it happen. You know, Cap passes. It looks like he's passing on the shield, and I'm getting ready to see that red, white, and blue Falcon costume. <laughs> um, something I want to pick your brain. Now, a lot of people have been talking about this. So you see that moment, and it's funny because I kind of questioned it too. Like, okay, Steve's just going to be gone for a matter of seconds, maybe a minute at most. Why the big goodbye between him and Buck? Yeah. So do you think Bucky knew? See, no, I don't. I, I, I've heard that argument too. Like a lot of people were like, he "Oh, hogged all the stupid." That Buck, <laughs> that Bucky, Buck knew that Steve was going to pull something like that. But to me, even though in in Buck's time frame or you know mindset, he's only going to be gone for a few seconds, maybe a minute at the most. Right. He still knows Steve has an adventure to go on. It, it could right. take him. 10 20 years so it's like hey don't do anything stupid like it's it's even though like my friend is driving home at the end of the night like i'm i'm saying hey drive safe it's like you know it's only three three minute drive right so it's like yeah i know but something could happen you know so to me that's what that's how the way i read it that's how Uh i saw the the film could he have known sure marcus mcfeely could have wrote that in there that way uh the russos could have told uh sebastian stan be like hey you know something else is happening here react in that way kind of thing yeah. Uh, so, and to me, yeah, it could have been either way. He is the first one to look over at the bench. Why is he the first one to look yeah. at the bench? How does he know to look over there? Because back in 1938, they set a rule. <laughs> they said, if you don't see me in three minutes, look at a bench. Look at a bench. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely, I, I like your explanation for it. That's that's some really good rationale because I, like I said, when I first saw that scene, and it's like they're only going to be gone for a matter of minutes. And then, especially with the movie implanting the thought of when they come out, you don't know how they're going to look. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw Paul Rudd, or sorry, we saw Scott Lang go in there, come out as a baby, as a boy, and as an old man. Mm-hmm. So anything is possible, you know. But the and, fact that he didn't come out, that's what adds to the whole mystery of it all. In all um, honesty, too, when when Buck looks away and he see you, all you see is his face reacting to catching something, to looking at something, seeing something. Yeah. I thought it was just going to be like a carving in a tree that said uh steve sr (laughs) and uh you know pc or something like that forever you know something stupid something stupid like that or like yeah sorry guys or i had to see a girl or something like that but i kind of had this thought too maybe it was going to be like back to the future three or no i think it was back to future two like somebody comes riding along like (laughs) i can't believe this is right but they told me to be here at this location at this exact time to give you this letter you know so i thought maybe they're going to play it that way but i kind of got a feeling though i in my in my opinion i think buck knew 
And so I definitely like that, you know. But again, I like the way you explain that. That's a good argument to say that he didn't, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that so that kind of brings us to our challenge. Our challenge is uh, Sam Wilson, the Falcon. He is a longtime partner to uh, Captain America. Now, in all rights, he has his own identity. He has his own costumed hero. He is a costume hero. He is his own uh, legacy, if you take into MC2. Mm-hmm. But uh, with the way they they made it here is that he carries on another legacy. He carries on the legacy of Captain America. What would what would that look like in the DCU? What would what would be the um, the equivalent to Sam Wilson uh, being a partner to a bigger hero, so to speak, quote unquote bigger, uh, and then taking on the legacy for them? Why did that person need to give up their identity or give up their costume identity to the the this partner? kind of thing that it's 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 a little bit of a smaller challenge than what we usually do but it's still i think it's an interesting story like yeah well, no, it racked my brain yeah you know? no you're right we, the, both of us kind of looked at each other like it's a good idea but what where are we gonna where are we gonna attack this from so uh i'll go ahead and throw mine out there first it was i i wanted to see what kind of partners and yeah i wanted to see what kind of partnerships there were out there in the mcu or i'm sorry the dcu <laughs> and um who doesn't already take on the mantle of their predecessor? So, like, you know, Dick Grayson eventually does become Batman in the in the Batman comics. Yeah, we've lived to see that. We've seen that twice, right? Um, yeah, yeah. We even saw the the character that's not a direct sidekick partner to Batman take on the Batman mantle Bokasha in, in Azrael, yeah. right? Yep. Like Azrael was his own thing, completely separate from the Bat family, but Bruce went and gave him the mantle, passed the mantle on to him. And, and then we also saw the same thing with Jim's Gor- Jim Gordon. Jim Gordon yep. does the same. He takes on the mantle of Batman. And what was even more exciting, or at least for me with my crazy symmetry, when Sam was Cap, Jim was Bats. Right. So uh, there are examples of this happening in the, in the DCU already. Um, I wanted to see where else I could try it. So uh, I guess the first thing I did was look at sidekicks, and I wouldn't say that Sam isn't exactly a sidekick to Captain America. He is a partner, and I think you brought that to my attention. He's he's not a sidekick. He's a partner, and it's like, yeah, you're right. So I was looking at sidekicks, but I didn't want to pick a sidekick, but I did, so (laughs) I went to the Teen Titans. Uh, Wonder Girl, Donna Troy. Donna Troy... I would say is as much of that team as anybody else. Um, she's a founding member. She, you know, I mean, when the when Teen Titans was created, what back in the sixties, seventies? Yes, yeah, somewhere yeah, around there. Time, yeah, 60s, you know, we got you have uh, Dick Grayson, Robin, uh, uh, Gar, Garth. What is Garth's last oh, name? Gosh, Garth. Does he have a last name? I don't know. But that's that's Aqualad. Aqualad, yeah. Speedy is Roy. Um, and then Donna Troy is Wonder Girl. I don't think there's anybody else. It's just those five, right? Oh, yeah, because when you first got the, the Teen Titans, uh, it was just Kid Flash, Oh, Aqualad, Kid Flash, that's right, Wally. And Robin. I said and, Robin. Yeah, yeah, Dick Grayson, Robin. And then later on, they eventually decided to add on Speedy, and then they added on Wonder Girl. And Wonder Girl had to become somebody because of that, because the true Wonder Girl back in publication just the teen was just the Teen of Adventures Diana. of Diana. Yeah. yeah. And so then finally it was like, oh, let's let's actually make her a character. Mm-hmm. And that's why they've had struggles, you know. <laughs> Who is Donna Troy? Because we're still figuring out. So that's where I wanted to go. I wanted to go with Donna Troy. In all, I mean, obviously she's already carrying on a legacy of, of Wonder Woman. But, you know, Wonder Woman never really wants to pass on that legacy. Like, Wonder Woman, Diana Prince is, is Wonder Woman. Like, I don't see her 
having that connection to Donna as say Dick has to bats kind of thing, like to Bruce. So what if something happens to Dick? What if Dick becomes old man Dick Grayson? You know, we, we actually, we're seeing that right now. He's Rick Grayson, yeah, he's right? Rick. Yeah, he's, there he's you go. He doesn't have idea. to get old. He's just, he forgot. He <laughs> just gives up the idea, uh, the idea of being Nightwing or at least, Maybe I don't know. Like we have a bunch of Nightwings <laughs> hanging around in, in uh, Bloodhaven right now with the police force. <laughs> right. But what if what if she she something actually happens to him and she takes she takes that hard. She takes it so hard that she takes on the idea, the the mantle of Nightwing. Now you'll have a female Nightwing, but also a meta Nightwing, like a, a yeah. Nightwing with powers. She can fly. She has super strength. Um, we saw what happens to her when she becomes. Uh, in the most recent issues of Titans, um, what was her name? Uh, Donna. Oh, the Titan? No. Well, Troya. The, Troya, thank you. Yeah, yeah, the Troya from the future that comes back. She's like, I'm the ultimate weapon. I'm, I'm here to kill everybody kind of thing. Like, So would the Nightwing persona exaggerate that? Would it tamper it down? Would it give her a discipline so that she has to work within confines of fighting street level thugs and stuff mm-hmm. like that like because that's what happened with what was that with Azrael. like Azrael has had taken on the 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 mantle of batman and uh the psychosis of it all just kind of got to him to the point where he was more brutal yeah, than batman brutal. was yeah. yeah so so what does it what does that mean what does that do to her i think that'd be an interesting story i mean how do you live up to the name of nightwing one of your best friends the mantle that that he took that he he left behind yeah, and I like that because one of the things that I've definitely seen with Donna, and I like, she became a dark star. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was Troya, you know. Uh, we even got to see her a little bit as Wonder Woman, but that mm-hmm. one didn't like. Out of all the titles she's ever worn, that one didn't feel right. No, it doesn't. You know, but so she's definitely always worked. And this one with like like her, her and Dick love each other, but it's not like the the love that. Starfire, our our Barbara would have with Dick. I would say it's you know? more of a sister thing. Yeah, right? there you yeah. Go. exactly. It's a brother sister relationship, and I, you know, and it's made me sad that you know in the Nightwing book we haven't seen Donna react. Like we haven't seen her come and try to give her two cents to be like, hey, I can appreciate who you are, but can you let me talk to Dick? Yeah. You know, like <laughs> you know, or just to check on him and be like, are you okay? Like I can respect the route you want to go, but. Are you okay? You know, something like I'm just surprised we haven't seen her yet. And so, yeah, for her to take on the, the, the title of Nightwing, it would be cool. Like, yeah, what does it do? Like when she's out there, you know, in, in Bloodhaven taking care of the town, does she get a little emotional and start, you know, beating the shit out of people or does it temper her or does it bring out the darkness? You yeah. know, yeah, that's that's that would be kind of cool to get to see her play in that. Part. What does Bruce do when she she goes too far? Does he show up in, in yeah, Bloodhaven? Can he do anything? Can, yeah, can he do anything? That's she's she's very powerful. She's in, in the, you know, in her. I, I also want to I would love to see them because, you know, how how Falcon uh, as Captain America, they incorporate both costumes together, like her starry look. And Nightwing look like what would that look like? I would love to see someone's Ooh, rendition of that. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, I could almost picture like maybe the black would be like a little bit spacey or mm-hmm. more night sky for the Nightwing, and then how Troy has used that. Maybe instead of blue, it's silver. It know, could like be a silver, armor yeah, or something like that. Yeah, and then it would, cool. I mean, could you imagine like with that starry look that she has, like say she jumps off of a, a rooftop and then like a bad guy looks up and he just sees a starry sky and then a Nightwing symbol coming closer to him, yeah, because it just looks like he's looking at the sky. Yeah, he's just going to see the parts that pop. Yeah. And it might be too late. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely like that. I think um, 
I like how you went lateral with that one, you know, and it, it definitely, it plays, it harkens to the partnerships. And again, you know, it, it shares the relationship that Dick and Donna have. Um, cause I really enjoyed their time together when they were substituting, you know, Dick was Batman and Donna was a wonder woman, but she was more a wonder woman presence. But when they were on justice league, mm-hmm. uh, James Robinson was writing that and Mark Bagley was on the art. But I love the way those two always interacted. And so this is kind of cool because I think this would be a neat homage to that story and it would be definitely an avenue that's worth exci- you know, worth worth visiting. I mean, do you also find it interesting that as they grew up, like Dick went from being Robin to Nightwing, but Donna went from being Wonder Girl to nothing? She doesn't have a, a an alter ego name? I, I guess because I know the history of the comics, mm-hmm. it makes sense. It's a shame because like they'll try stuff, you know. It's like, hey, let's let's make her Troya, and they had at one point where it was like very much Amazonian armor with the the space look in the middle mm-hmm. of it, uh, with you know the the starry effect and the short haircut. Um, I just seen like they keep trying so hard, and it's like she's one that it's almost like like. When I say Luke Cage, do you say Power Man or do you say Luke? I say Luke. You but know? it's the same so thing with like Jean Donna. Gray. You don't you know? say yeah, Marvel don't Girl say that Marvel much. Marvel Girl or Phoenix. You say Jean Gray. Mm-hmm. And so there's just some characters. Or Kitty Pride. Yeah. You know, that, especially Kitty Pride. Yeah. You she's don't say Shadow Cat that much yeah. anymore. And so to me, I feel like Donna is one of those where it's like, oh, it's Donna, you know. But again, that's not a cool logo. That's not <laughs> something you could trademark, you know, Donna, you know. And so, yeah, it's definitely tough, but I understand it. But it is, yeah, if you sit down and think about it, I mean, especially with all the mythology of the Amazonians, you know, why wasn't she ever just the Amazon? That could be cool. That you know, would be yeah, cool. Yeah, something like that. Wonder Woman and Amazon in action, you know, something. Yeah, you know, Batman and Nightwing, you know, you could definitely take something. You know? Do you think she shows up in, in Wonder Woman 84? I think we see the name Donna Troy. That's about it. You know, I think we'll, like, I don't know if they'll start building sidekicks or not necessarily, but her family, they should. Um, I mean, that's the character, that's a character that they could definitely, like, be relating to uh, younger audiences. Like, hey, uh, I'm not saying bring her on as a full up, full well, sidekick. Like if they do that, like that, do they, do they, you know, and, and actually it would work because they could show her as a young girl in 84. And then when they revisit, there you go. She's grown up. Yeah. You know, which would work because you kind of have that in Captain Marvel with Monica Rambeau. You know, mm, she's yeah, the next right, Captain yeah. Marvel. Um, and so, yeah, like it's definitely like, hey, if we're if we're looking at inclusion and, and things like that, why not? That's a great character that you could show her as a young woman and then later on as a as a full grown woman. Mm. You know, definitely. So I like that. I hope we do see her. I think Donna's great. Um, just because I want to see her. Well, we've seen her in Titans, right? The show. Right? Oh, yes, she did Universe. show up yeah. in the so in get, DC Universe. Yeah. yeah, I'm still I still haven't finished that. That's okay. <laughs> Doom Patrol. You just need to get to Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol is oh, fucking gosh. amazing, dude. I'm hearing good stuff, and it's funny because they were not a group of characters I really no, cared about. No, and that's the thing. It's like I don't know much about Doom Patrol, <laughs> so I'm all in on this show. Yeah. Uh, but okay, what what who did you pick to to take the place of uh, Sam Sam Wilson? All right, so I racked my brain. I was just sitting there thinking. I was like, Gosh, how do I approach this? How do I find a sidekick that doesn't inherit the role or inherit something else? And I just I could not find it. And I, I I thought and I thought and I thought. And then finally I decided, okay, well, and I had it in my mind, just like I said at the start of the show. I thought Jack Kirby created uh, Sam Wilson. I just had it in my mind that oh well, I know those Jan and Stack, Stan and Jack worked together on Captain America, where Falcon came from. So I started looking, I let Jack Kirby guide the way, and I ran across a character that is a legacy, but oftentimes gets forgotten. 
So Shiloh Norman, the third Mr. Miracle. That's right, the third one because Behind. Scott Free is actually the second Mr. Miracle because the first Mr. Miracle is actually, oh gosh, what's his name? Thaddeus Brown. Uh, he is the escapologist who created the Persona. spectacle of Mr. Miracle. And then when Scott Free came to Earth, Thaddeus was killed, Scott avenged his death, and then eventually met Shiloh. And Shiloh was definitely a huge character because... I mean, here's a young African-American boy in comic books. And this was, you know, inclusion was just really starting up and things like that. Uh, and early on in the adventures, he actually, he was very responsible for saving people uh, and saving Mr. Miracle and Barda themselves. So this was huge. So I definitely appreciate his character. Um, I know oftentimes, even when he's in costume as Mr. Miracle, a lot of people forget who he is and they just see Mr. Miracle. Because if you read Final Crisis... That's he's the big hero in that one. He's mm-hmm. the one who comes up with the idea of drawing the that that star around your face to save you. And a lot of people are like, "Well, Mr. Miracle did it." And they're like, "Yes, you're right." Partially. But it's not yeah, Scott it's Free. It's not Scott Free. And as much as I love Scott Free, so I thought, "Okay, I'm going to give some love to Shiloh." So I started thinking about, okay, how do I make the connection? How do I deal with this? So I, I, I discovered in his secret origin, he actually grew up in Suicide Slum in Metropolis. So I started thinking, okay, all right, he's in Metropolis. Where can I go from Metropolis? So I thought, well, what if I do like Superman? Like somehow he's able to pass on the power. Okay, eh, you know, that one's a little bit too tough. It's not it's not as genuine as, as what happened with Cap and all that. So then I came to one of my other favorite superheroes and also a creation of Jack Kirby. So I said, oh, it's got to be aligned. I went to the Guardian. So the Guardian, which is basically DC's Captain America light, I was like, you know what? That would be perfect. So... I know they've changed his backstory so much, especially when they did that Superman New Krypton story. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, considering the story doesn't exist, I don't have to worry (laughs) about it. So I just basically play it on that. All right. He's the guardian. Um, And, you know, with him being a clone, let's let's play with that. Let's have some clone degeneration. So he starts rapidly aging to the age he should be. So obviously he can't do what he needs to do. So he becomes like the head she like hailed head security director of Cadmus. And he realizes that you need a front man out there. You need somebody calling the shots, taking the lead and whatnot. And so he remembers during the final crisis that Shiloh Norman was the man who saved everyone, a true guardian. And there it was. <laughs> so yeah, eventually, um, the guardian, AKA, uh, uh, Harper. What's his first name? Roy just, Harper. Or, or not Roy, Roy uh, uh, Jim, 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 Jim Harper tracks down Shiloh. And he's like, look, I need you to carry on my legacy for me. So he becomes the head of that, and he becomes that. And I thought this would be a neat... And again, I'm not trying to stir the shit, but I thought this would be neat because the Guardian basically represents cops. And so I thought, wow, could you imagine, you know, here's this hero and, you know, taking a lot of the the social issues that Sam Wilson faced during his run as Captain America, I thought that could put Shiloh in that. And that would be tough because, again, going back to what I said, feelings and thoughts, those are often sometimes some of our greatest things, but they can also be very conflicting towards each other. So that's my pick. I want to take Shiloh Norman, the... Oftentimes, he's definitely one of the uh, long-lost seven soldiers, uh, and I want to give him that new adventure. So let me ask you this. He's uh, the Guardian. We've had, uh, I mean, I, I imagine the first version or the original version of him is uh, just a 
gold helmet and gold shield. Just a man on a mission. Yep, just a no. well-trained cop who's going out there and doing so, the yeah, best no, yep. no, no, no powers. No powers, no special abilities, no robotics. Um, I believe with the cone, ver- the cloned version of him, he has some kind of enhanced abilities. Yeah, so they start, you know, giving a little bit of meta-humanness, not like kind of like how Captain America was. It's just the peak and stuff like that. With with, uh, uh, the version that is the guy that used to be Bugle Boy, I want to say. Oh, was it the the Metropolis Guardian? Sure, the black kid. Yeah, during the Seven Soldiers. Um, No, the Manhattan Guardian. There we go. So yeah, I remember him. Okay, you're making so maybe no, no, it was no, 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 keep going. Okay, yeah. So he was the one. He, he kind of had like the gray suit, and it almost looked like a bulletproof vest, and he still kept the gold helmet and shield. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I think he's definitely kind of the same thing. You know, a, a strong athlete, a strong man, just doing the best he can. And then the version in uh, Supergirl, the TV show, is is Jimmy, Jimmy Olsen, Olsen or James yeah. Olsen, but they're definitely using a lot of uh, robotics, not so much robotics, but Iron Man esque yeah, tech suits, and stuff like that. Exo armor. Yeah. So all this. Stuff combined, your version with Shiloh Norman? Yes, so with Shiloh Norman... What would you have? Do you have him enhanced? Do you have him just being a normal person? Does he have robotics or an exosuit or anything like that? Well, so the thing I like about Shiloh is he's actually... He's made a strong connection to the life equation and also mother boxes. Mm -hmm. So obviously he's going to have a mother box... Um, even in some of the stories, they've kind of had it that some of the mother boxes already inside him. So that's what's going to give him that peak physical ability and stuff like that. Rapid healing, advanced knowledge and stuff like that. So I could definitely see, you know, him having that. Uh, maybe you have one moment where he kind of, you know, he's dressed as the guardian. He goes to Scott and he's like, hey, just want to let you know this is where I'm going to be. I'm going to be in Metropolis, not here and wherever we live. You know, then you could kind of see like. You know, like, oh, okay, you know, like, my boy's growing up. All right, cool, you know. And so maybe Scott Free's like, hey, here's some new Genesis stuff, you know. So maybe they definitely do some enhancements to the shield so it could do more of those Captain America things because <laughs> with it looking like a badge, it's not going to really be as dynamic to right. bounce around. So definitely they'll give him some stuff there. Um, you know, I definitely, with him being a guardian, I want his weapons to be more reactive instead of that proactive look because I think that gives that scary thought again. So, like, he'll definitely have some new Genesis technology. Uh, he's already got his advancements. And then maybe you could even play with the idea of the life equation. You know, how does he use that? Does does he really protect people even more so because he has the ability or he has the know-how of what can keep people alive? All right. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely a, a more tech-savvy Guardian. That's a, I like the idea of that. That's, that's pretty cool. I mean, not that I didn't already like the idea of the Guardian. He's a great character as is, so... Uh, there you go. I think that's two pretty good stories, two pretty good uh, counterparts to uh, Sam Wilson in the in the yeah. Marvel universe. Yeah, no, I find it exciting. And there you go, DC. That's how you can take your properties that you aren't really using, You're not and then using. Go for it, you know. So yeah, Donna and the, and the Guardian, both of them need to have their revamp. Yeah, they need their moment in the sun. <laughs> Uh, if you have any uh, stories that you'd like to throw at us or any ideas or anything like that, or you have a comment on the stories that we came up with this week, we'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Chris is also on Twitter as... Uh, stuff I should say should be spelled S-H-U-D. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, at Geek Elite Media on, on Twitter, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our on the Geekly Media Network on our website, geeklymedia.com. 
But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep. Mitch here from Geek Elite Media, and I want to talk to you about Cuts by Candace, an experienced hairstylist that is willing to work with you to get the right look for you. When it comes to important events in my life and I need to look good, I trust my hair with Candace. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of May 2019 and you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candace on Facebook and Cuts by Candace 3 on Instagram and start looking the best you you can.